Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon. And you should, too. Go to patreon.com slash grownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And of course, Mo is here. Hey, everybody. Before the rise of smartphones, voicemail, and texting, the way we avoided missing important calls <laughs> was with a tape recorder plugged into the wall. Yeah. Now nearly extinct, though, the answering machine used to be standard equipment in most every home. In this episode, we're going to remember this abandoned tech and the role that it played in our lives. Yeah, oh, sure. Before we get into talking about this, oh, poor little abandoned, discarded answering machine, though, it is time <laughs> to kick off the show with some fourth listener email. And uh, the fourth listener, this episode is Stu Monkey. Ooh. Now, somehow, Stu Monkey, in the opening line, I think he's able to insult both Mo and George, but we're going wow. to see. We're going to try. I mean, wow. It's Double quite a hit. task. It's you a know, feat. So I don't know that that's that <laughs> difficult, really. Yeah, really. I think... <laughs> I'm just impressed that somebody tried. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes naturally. I'm not sure he tried. The subject line of his email is Gen X Zilla. Oh, okay. Uh, now we're the okay. king of Gen X. Is there that what he's saying? Yeah. Yo, John, who knew Mo could talk that much? <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was possessed by George for an entire episode. <laughs> Mother <laughs> son of a... God wow. damn it. <laughs> that was a double I know, right? there. Holy cow. Man. Uh, he goes on to say, kidding, of course. What a great Gen Xzilla episode. I learned a lot and frankly, probably know as much about Godzilla as you do on the Goonies talking oh, to me. Wow, he had all three of us there. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, give me, uh, just a triple. I didn't even yeah, notice right. a Goonies thing. Right. Uh. John was so enamored with the first insults, he missed the third insult altogether. <laughs> yeah, John's like, I didn't hear that one. Uh, just right over his head. It did. It did. He says, I appreciate the B-movies, but spent most of my childhood watching 80s B-horror. Oh, yeah. So it's not clear he's talking about the Godzilla backtrack. I liked your comments on the the influence Pacific Rim and Transformers. I was thinking the mm -hmm. same. Heck, maybe even the Alien movies were influenced indirectly as well by Godzilla. Could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, probably. Maybe. As for pop culture, I know most of you are not metalheads, but there's an outstanding French metal band called Gojira. <laughs> wow. So any of our listenership that are into that genre should definitely check them out. All right. Nice. Wow. I did not know that. I don't. I guess all three of us can be a little butthurt about this email, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot butthurt. I think I'm the so most Mo butthurt. ran off at the mouth. George always runs off at the mouth. I didn't see Goonies. So apparently, that's what I'm getting out of. Jesus. <laughs> oh, we love the love, though. Thank you, Stu Monkey. He wraps it up by saying, keep up the rad work and may the fourth listener be with you. Stu Monkey. That's awesome. All right. Actually, you know, reading his email, though, the idea of doing like an 80s B-movie horror backtrack. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've that's done that's 80s horror films. We've done 70s horror films. But not, the, horror films, ones, but not the good movies? ones. Yeah. Yeah. Not the good ones. Right. The bad yeah. ones. Right. We could get into some chud discussion, I think. 
Absolutely. Holy cow. <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> underground dwellers or whatever they were. <laughs> yes. Alligator. Thank you, yeah. Stu Monkey, mm-hmm. for writing in, not just for an opportunity to all of us be insulted, but also to share your, your <laughs> thoughts on the Godzilla backtrack. I think Mo did a great job filling that out. Man, we just sat back and listened. It was awesome. It, it was it was easy. <laughs> it was easy. I know. Yeah. We appreciate you writing, and we appreciate any time the fourth listener takes time to write in. If you'd like your email featured here on the show, just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'll read every single one, and most of them make the show. All right, with that then, let's jump into the meat of this backtrack on answering machines right after this break. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Hey, how are you? Sorry that I'm not at home. calls a tape of seven different songs and funny recordings for answering machines. I am very sorry that I'm not at home to take your call. Leave Only $14.95. When I will get right back to you. Leave your message. Leave your message at the top. Give someone the gift of gab for their answering machine. Calling a friend. What you've actually done is bought a one-way ticket to the answering machine zone. Nobody's home. Nobody's home. Let's kick the ball off then talking about this uh, now abandoned but not forgotten piece of Gen X tech, the answering machine. Yeah. For those listening that might not have lived in the glorious time that we did as kids. <laughs> yeah. There used to be, right now they say there's only about 40% of people that still have a landline of any kind. But sure. of course, it used to be, that was the only phone there was. You yeah. had mm-hmm. some wires running your house, just like electricity or you know cable internet today. And it ran all throughout your house. And you had these jacks all throughout the house to plug in phones. Yep. And shortly after getting those phones, the problem arose that, well, what if I'm not home? What if somebody calls and I don't get the call? Well, the thing was that back then when that happened, we didn't stress about it because there's no alternative, right? It's like, they'll call back. I mean, that was <laughs> we didn't worry as much about well, it. Well, that was part of the culture, right? I mean, originally it was you call when I'm available or we don't speak. Yeah. That was the mentality. But that mm-hmm. really changed yeah, in the right. 70s and 80s when it was like, I need that connection with people. I have to be able to talk to people. So <laughs> if anybody calls, I want to know about it right away. And the answering machine was the first step. There were also like the uh, caller IDs and stuff, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to talk about. But yeah, I mean, you had you had to get those messages. Well, especially when you had like that important call that you had to be home for, right? You know, you went for that job interview. You're waiting for that response. You're waiting or, for an important or, or, urgent that, call. Right, I, right. I miss and it. so basically you had to live next to your phone for that yep. whole time. <laughs> and keep everybody right. else off of it. Don't get right. on the phone. I'm waiting for a call, right? right. <laughs> Who are you talking to? You know, my doctor. I don't care. Hang up. Don't you remember <laughs> filling out things that said like, when's the best time to call me? Yeah. We do that now. They don't pay attention to that shit at yeah. all. Who cares? Who yeah. cares? Who cares what the best oh, time is? He only wants to be called between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. So I'm going to call him at midnight. Fuck well, you. I'm tired of this <laughs> any shit. Any time of the day or the night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, what a prima donna. Only wants to be called right? between these hours. <laughs> <laughs> So 
we had to find a way to deal with our increasing anxiety over missing what we perceived was an important call, whether it was or not. Mm -hmm. So answer machines came along, but it wasn't as simple as just plugging something into the wall because early phone company rules. It was a monopoly, by the way, this Ma Bell thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The rule was you couldn't connect anything to the phone line that wasn't provided by the phone company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They own the phone. We didn't yeah. even own the phone at first. Yeah, you leased the phone from them, right? That's yeah. got to blow most people's <laughs> minds, especially like my children. The fact that we didn't own our own phone. It wasn't even house. mine. That's right. Yeah. Right. They it was the end of their wire. That, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, they were concerned about voltage spikes or, you know, unregulated stuff. But I think largely it was just a control factor. They had control right. over that. And the most maybe it was telling of this was there's a product early on in the, I don't want to say it was like in the late 50s or so, shortly after phones came out. Picture the old stick phones. Like you're holding it. It was like this yeah. tall black stick and you had a microphone on the top and an earpiece on a piece of rope, right? The Andy Griffith yeah. Exactly. Andy Griffith phone. So there was this product called Hush a Phone. And all it was was a <laughs> box that attached on the top of the stick around the microphone. So instead of just talking into the room, you like put it over your mouth so it was quieter. It made your conversation more private. Huh. And the phone company took them to court saying that could not be connected to the phone because the phone was connected to the wall. Wow. Wow. It wasn't even electronic. It was a box. It was like holding your your hand over your mouth. That sounds like a reach. <laughs> That's how picky they were about what was hooked up to the phone lines. Yeah. Well, they probably mad they didn't come up with the idea themselves and sold it. Right. So. Then one more thing to sell you and <laughs> right. rent you. Right. Right. Now, there were a bunch of early answering machines. There was the Ansaphone, the Isophone, the Electronic Secretary, the Recordophone. They varied in price and technology and, and most of them were outside of the reach of regular people. Right. But there's one in particular that grabbed my attention while I was researching. It was really the earliest consumer affordable one when it was called the Telephone Valet. It was put out ah. by Lafayette <laughs> Electronics. Okay. See, they don't name them like that anymore, do they? No. Right? <laughs> it's like having a personal you know, servant. Well, my yeah. man servant took the call for me, right? <laughs> now everything's got to have a lowercase i in front of it. So it's like right. i valet. It, oh, otherwise it's not right. cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, Jesus, come on. The Telephone Valet cost nine $99.95. Wow. That was a lot. Then you had then. to add a tape recorder. When was this? When did this thing come out? Yeah. So this was like early, this is like late 60s, early 70s. Oh, wow. Wow. $99.95 yeah. in the 60s? Ooh, that's right. That, yep. Mm. That's like a car. <laughs> oh, yeah, not quite that bad, but you get the idea. <laughs> so they, they sold it for your hundred bucks, but then you had to add a tape recorder. They would throw that in as well for one hundred and forty bucks. The tape recorder wasn't part of it. It's the valet. Not part of it. What the hell did it valet without a tape recorder? Yeah, well, hang on. So, so okay. check this out. So the deal was. Oh, by the way, so adjusted for inflation, this thing cost about a thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! Yeah, one hundred forty bucks back then is about a thousand bucks today. A little lower. Of course, we're paying that much for our phones now, but okay, we do right. But this wasn't even the. Phone. Oh, this was just the answering machine, though. <laughs> this, this was voicemail. Was it even the answering machine? It was just this valet. You haven't. What the hell did the yeah, valet yeah, do yeah. without the tape? So it's fascinating. So here's how it worked. This was still in the era when you could not hook anything up to the phone line. Otherwise, they would disconnect right. your phone if they found out. Okay. Okay. So here's how the valet worked. Your phone sits on top of the valet and the valet is plugged into a tape recorder. Mm -hmm. There's a little lever with a solenoid sitting underneath the handset, and there's a little cup over the microphone and speaker of the phone. Okay. okay. You with me so far? Yeah. yeah. When the phone rings, there's a little brass ball inside of there that vibrates, and that's what triggers the valet to answer the phone. The actual ringing. The vibration of the phone. The ringer. 
moving wow. is what triggered it. Okay. When it felt the phone ring, it would lift off the handset. It would play a pre-recorded recording. Wait, it would mechanically lift off the handset? Mechanically lift the handset. Yeah, with that solenoid <laughs> thing he's talking about. Yeah, oh, yep. wow. Wilson lifted it up. A pre-recorded voice of a Japanese woman just going, no one is home to take your call. Leave your number now. You couldn't re-record that. Okay. It would make the tape recorder record for a minute and then click stop. And then hang up your phone. And then hang up the phone. Okay, but I still don't understand. So there's the $99 valet, which was what? The lifting arm mechanism? That was the box and the mechanism. Yeah. And then a okay. tape recorder to do the actual recording. But the tape recorder was additional to that. Otherwise, it would just lift up the handset if you didn't buy the tape recorder. That's right. That's why you had to buy a tape recorder too. Yeah. Mother puss. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Son of a. It's kind of a genius though. It's it's genius, but the fact that they separated those two things yeah, is yeah. what would piss me off. They had to get around the fact that they weren't allowed to plug it into the wall. It was that kind of contortion just to get over the rules. Wow. And so what you got <laughs> was crazy. you couldn't plug it in. It would lift the handset. It would play this thing out, record for one one minute if you're done talking oh well hang up and it would go off if the door slammed too hard it would go off if you bumped the table right there it was just vibration jeez oh, california probably didn't like these and every earthquake would be like you know every right. phone was <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> right hey, holy cow i mean I'm, I'm i wish i i want to see one of these because i bet you it's pretty damn cool to watch it work i'm sure somebody's got one in a telephone museum somewhere yeah, think, somebody right? has yeah. to have one it's like some kind of a crazy telephone rube goldberg machine just to get over that problem now of course that's not how answering machines no. ultimately panned out. Before too long, there was a breakup of those rules. You could start getting your own phone. They allow you to plug stuff in. And then the proliferation of answering machines started to really come out. Yeah. I mean, before all this technology, even during this technology, you know, I guess, I mean, really, if you were like an important person with quotes, <laughs> how you got your messages was that they had answering services, I know, that yes. basically you mm, called yeah. this answering service and a person would pick up and record your messages. Or if you're really super important, you had a secretary. Mm -hmm. Really, but that was the only way, right? I mean, our answering machine was the notepad next to the phone. Yeah, right. That, that, that's how it started. It's just the notepad. Yeah. Yeah. I was just watching Risky Business the other day, the old Tom Cruise film. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but the little device that they were making for their future enterprisers, it mm -hmm. was a yep. memo-taking thing where Bronson Pinchot, who was his partner, it was just this little notepad with a pen. He said, message comes in, you got to write it down and flip the switch, and now there's a light on this little wooden box. And <laughs> now another message comes in for your father, and if you don't get that one, you're going to get your ass kicked. So he flips it to to switch to position number two and now there's a thing that says message 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 like that <laughs> and i was watching that thinking did this movie come out before answering machines is that what was going on here i guess it kind of did and then we were doing this podcast i was like well maybe it did. probably before the affordability of right. it yeah that, yeah. that kind of makes sense so i think it was around 84 yeah that really answer machines started to become widespread mm. so at&t got restructured they broke up the, the major into like right. the baby bells i think yeah you could go walk down to radio shack and buy a transparent phone or a mickey mouse phone or right. a snoopy phone or whatever <laughs> right football you phone. Have the anything. football phone was the one i always wanted the football phone we got that yeah. for subscribing to sports illustrated so right right? absolutely <laughs> ultimately they came out at all sorts of types and features and functions and now that we've seen how they started we're going to jump into all of that detail right after this you know a lot can happen in seven minutes and luckily that's how long it takes me to tell a story my name is Aaron Califato and I'm the creator of seven minute stories I'm proud to partner with evergreen podcasts and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style and together we're going to try to make sense of the world all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes 
Now you can get Radio Shack's TAD 325 telephone answerer for only $149.95. For $149.95. $149.95. Radio Shack, $149.95. Remote control function, programmable security code, variable message length, and much, much more. <laughs> and at $149.95, they won't last long. So we talked about the, how answer machines came in, but let me tell you that, you know, once they started getting into the homes, then it became mm-hmm. like this feature war, right? Because everybody was trying to sell their answer machines. There was like a bunch of people making different ones. Some features were really good. Some were kind of eh, but you know, <laughs> like with, with early tech. Yeah. yeah with that's, early tech. that's how do you think evolves like right. that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about like the actual, like the first ones were pretty standard though, right? They had the two cassettes generally, right? Yep. One for outgoing, yep. one to record incoming. Did the first ones have two cassettes? I didn't even remember that. I thought they were just single cassettes sets wow we had to record your outgoing message somewhere so they Mm. often they would have the recording for the outgoing was like an endless reel like it didn't have to rewind it was a certain duration i recall was it was it the special tape that didn't have an end it was like an infinite loop gotcha and you record your voice out on that one and then they had a regular cassette on the other side that would to record incoming messages i think as i recall as I recall, too. It's been a while now. It's been, it has been a while. <laughs> Remember the you know? specialty of those cassettes, though? Having to go and try and find one when your cassette was worn out or broken or if you wanted to oh, save right. the message. That endless loop one? Right. Well, yeah. just even the one that people right, recorded you couldn't on. use a normal 90-minute cassette or something. Exactly. It, yeah. It was those little micro cassettes. They weren't readily available everywhere. It's not like you could drive down to Publix and you know <laughs> grab the yeah. cassette off the store shelf there or anything. But we did have Radio Shack. We did. Yeah. <laughs> they would happily sell you one for $14 dollars for one yeah, exactly. set, right? <laughs> the specialty thing. I mean, where else were you going to buy them at that point? Because there's no Best Buy or... That's about it. Yep. I guess maybe Sears or... Yeah, probably. I would something, guess, like, something that. like that. Yep. yep. But the, the biggest, I think the, the best thing about these answer machines was the screening <laughs> calls. I mean, it was mostly used for um, a needs call, but really everyone wound up using it just like, who do I want to talk to today? Yeah. Yeah, it became... What you don't hear anymore is that thing. Nobody leaves a message anymore that goes, it's pick up. Hey, it's me. Pick up. Hey, hey. It's me because you, nobody's listening to those recordings right. and voicemail anymore, but it used to be, we assumed that, oh, you were screening my call. Maybe you're standing there listening to me and maybe I can convince you to answer the phone, right? Well, <laughs> and think about that. That was even a big plot device in a lot of films from that era. Remember Terminator? That's right. Yeah. You oh, hear right. the call coming in. Right. That's right. The roommate is, she's got her headphones on so she can't hear the answering machine. Yep. And Linda Hamilton calls in and says, that's right. oh my God, this guy's trying to kill me. And that's what kills her Get because out of the she, house. Yeah. she didn't hear her <laughs> answering machine screening that's right uh, yep <laughs> now we have the, basically the kind of double cassette machines right right mm-hmm. so the, yeah, the yeah. big problem of course is that they had cassettes <laughs> i mean that was a huge that was like a, the big limiting factor in a lot of these things because really at the time it wasn't until a couple of years later that the digital recording pieces sure. started coming into play right oh for the outgoing only. which was theoretically more reliable because it was expensive oh, yeah it started yeah. right and it only right. started for the outgoing and i still remember that because you had like this very short limited time that you had to record that outgoing message and you couldn't go over mm-hmm. it there was, mm-hmm. there was very yep. little flexibility on it but it was more reliable because the one mm-hmm. cassette that got used more than anything in the answering machine was the outgoing message because yeah, right. going that's and right that would get worn, worn down. down it would break and like you said it was it that specialty stretch. looped cassette <laughs> 
And so if that one went bad, it cost you probably double what the other cassette did mm -hmm. to replace oh, it. Absolutely. So digital outgoing messages was a huge feature when that got introduced, even though it was a limited time constraint, like you said, Mo. Yeah. And then from there, they kind of went to the full digital eventually. I mean, that took a little bit, but they did eventually go to like a full digital with no tapes at all, which was, of course, another godsend because it also digital was nice things that you could jump right to certain spots in the messages. You didn't have mm -hmm. to actually physically forward right, a tape. You skip ahead, skip yep. ahead. Skip to the next message. Yep. Yeah. That, that was really the advent of breaking open the feature set because it, initially it yeah. was record that, come home, and if it's blinking, push play. And then they got all digital. You got to skip between them. There was a, like, a number on the thing that showed you how many messages that you had, which was amazing for once. Yeah. You have seven messages. <laughs> and remember, you next come home message. and you next hit the button message. and it's a, you have zero messages. You'd be like, oh, no one loves me. Nobody Man. loves me. <laughs> <laughs> but I still remember like when you listen to your messages, it's like, hi, it's your mom. Oh, you hit that button to fast forward and you hear like the tape like. Rrr, rrr, rrr. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Next one. Yep. <laughs> it got to be where they started adding more and more digital features that you mm -hmm. couldn't have done otherwise. Like so uh, like you could dial in, say, to leave a message for Mo, press one. To leave right. a message for mm. George, press two. You could right. have mailboxes. They were mm -hmm. different for individual people. And then they added the amazing feature where I could get my messages when I'm not even home. Right. I could be away. Call in and like during the the recording, the outgoing message, if you typed a code or beep or whatever, right. I could be away from home and find out that I have zero messages and be depressed. I don't have to wait till I get home. <laughs> I can already know that nobody called me. I still remember the first ones of those, though, you had like a little device you had to carry with you and you had to hold it up to the receiver and, pl and play like to a To make tone. a specific yeah. sound. That's right. right. That triggered it to play your messages back. Speaking of the feature wars and these crazy things, Mentioning those little tone things, I have to mention one that I remember okay. from Worlds of Wonder. The kind of, it's kind of like the kids electronics <laughs> company, right? Yeah, that's what I thought they, they were. They made this school locker answering machine called the Class Act Expressive. What? <laughs> I do not remember this at all. No. So this is a crazy thing. It was like a Walkman that you mounted on the inside of your locker. I was going to ask, if you didn't have a phone in your locker, what? how is this an answer? No, no, no. It was just a digital recorder on the battery, right? And there was a little microphone you hooked on the inside of the little vent on your locker and it came with three dog whistles <laughs> you give to three friends they can walk up to your locker blow in the dog whistle that tone would activate the machine and you could leave a message okay oh, a, oh I'm God. not sure this qualifies for this podcast B that is the dumbest piece of crap I have ever heard oh of my in my God. life but you know they probably sold a million of these freaking things <laughs> And probably three people use them. Who's going to blow a dog whistle to leave a message at a locker? I'm just saying, that is some pretentious <laughs> white people stuff right there. <laughs> I'm telling Agreed. you. That's terrible. Agreed. And what if, like, two people with lockers next to each other both have them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on record as saying that was not a problem for this product. <laughs> I'd be surprised if two people in the same county had one. I know. It's like, wow, imagine that pitch meeting. You know, you mentioned the uh, calling from outside of your home to mm -hmm. Retrieve your messages. Yep. That was my first experience with being hacked. Oh, really? I had a roommate and we mm. had an answering machine. The roommate moved out and he was, I guess, wanted to date a girl that I was dating at the time. <gasps> And oh. so he, had, he intercepted your messages. He started deleting the messages from her. So she thought oh. I wasn't responding. Oh. He started oh. calling her at the same time saying that I should be more responsive and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my goodness. Dick yeah. Sniped her right out from <laughs> under me in like a week's Not time. Cool. It was crazy. And I was like, what the? Wow. And so then finally I went to her work like 
I don't know, a week later, I said, we haven't talked in a while and stuff. And she's like, well, yeah, that's because you never return in my calls. I'm with Jeff now. I'm like, <laughs> my old roommate, Jeff? What the fuck? And that's when I finally figured out what was going on. I was like, son of a bitch. Oh, I was like, man. well, that's all right. You just go with Jeff, then it's less money for me to have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> that's low. I'll tell you, in this story, I'm on your side, George, but kudos to Jeff for thinking outside the box. <laughs> no, really? Right? Yeah, I, I get you. Now you look back on it and you're like, all right, that's pretty fucking genius more power to you jeff i mean you're a dick but well done <laughs> yeah <laughs> well done but thick move <laughs> so the features kept coming one thing the problem was if you uh, you had that digitally recorded stuff if yeah. the power went off you lost all of it so right. they started adding battery backups mm -hmm. you could set the clock and so you wouldn't have to even say when they called it, it would mm. stamp on there yeah you know thursday 4 43 p.m or whatever it would it stamped it right on that was pretty awesome stuff they also had the thing where you could actually pick up if you hear like somebody you want to talk to you could pick up and it would stop recording Recording. Right. And it wouldn't just keep recording your, your conversation. It would right. keep recording. Yeah. yeah. You had to actually physically turn it off. And the other thing, like we mentioned before, George, is that you had to get those special tapes that only allowed like so much. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of limited, like your message is going to be 30 seconds long or 15 seconds long or whatever it is. When the digital and the, the price went down, you know, they would extend that time, which is a good and bad thing. Kind of like the whole Twitter yeah. limit. Right. That was kind of a good having a limited factor in there. <laughs> but now people leave messages as long as they want. Then you got the calls where people wanted to tell you their life story oh, instead of just call me back. Oh, like, no, that was no, no. always your parents. That was yeah. always your mother, especially. <laughs> Hi, I just called to check on you. Are you doing your laundry? Have you cooked dinner tonight? Do you need me to come over? It just <laughs> Have you talked to Uncle Earl this week? Right. <laughs> he got his hip surgery. No, don't tell me all this. We'll talk. It's okay. <laughs> you know we're not having a conversation right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. I love my body, super talking, answer the machine. You have one, you message. So much like mom, it's really a dream. We should go out with Tipper after school. The Barbie super talking, answering machine comes with everything you see here. I don't know about the two of you, but one of my favorite things when it comes to answering machines are the types of outgoing messages or incoming messages, but specifically mm -hmm. outgoing messages that you could leave on an answering machine <laughs> that would make the experience for somebody calling you unique, <laughs> right? I mean, it wasn't, at first it was just the standard, hi, my name is so-and-so, or that you've reached the blank house and please leave a message after the beep. That was the standard. Mm -hmm. But then very quickly, people started to do all kinds of crazy stuff because they realized they had artistic freedom and license <laughs> to do whatever they want. And, and a captive audience. <laughs> <laughs> the outgoing answering machine message made a lot of unclever people think they were clever over Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 
And, you know, it became a thing even like to do celebrity fake voices or right. something oh, like yeah. that. Yep. Even so much that I've even seen now some of these, uh, what's that one where you can pay a celebrity so much money and they will record a video oh, message? Cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Cameo? Cameo. They'll do things for you like that. I've seen cameos now where they'll record the message sure. that you have on your cell phone's voicemail, which we're going to talk right. about later. That thing is still happening to this day. Do you remember like the psych out messages? Oh, I Somebody would call yeah. in and you pretend like you were really answering the phone. That was that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Fun for one person. <laughs> Actually, when you brought the Terminator one, that was theirs. Yes, that was. The Terminator was a psych out message. She's like, ah, you're talking to a machine. Uh, gotcha. yeah, right. <laughs> yep, it was. Yeah, you're like, hello, hello, hello. Oh, I'm just kidding. This is the answering machine. Yep. And then people cuss at you and hang up you typically is what yeah. happens then. Because <laughs> you feel stupid every time. Because right. you're trying to have a conversation with a person and they're messing with you every right. time you call. It was like funny the very first time. Yeah, the first time you heard it once. I was just watching Limetown the other day. I had mm -hmm. caught up on some of the episodes. There's this episode number two or three where she calls her father's uh, phone because, you know, he's passed away, but she just wants to hear his voice. And mm -hmm. on his message, he says, please leave a brief message unless this is my daughter, in which case I know that's not possible and hangs up. And, <laughs> and just those cute little things that you could also yeah. do, you know, like yeah. you could say More something funny to one individual and they would feel special when they called you. Right. I know the people that thought they were clever, did funny things like that. But then you also had the ones where it was a family scripting out, you know, oh, hi, it's yeah. Jim and Beth and Tammy. We're not home. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's like, come on. This is not Broadway. You're just not home. Just tell me you're not home and I'll leave you a message. I didn't expect like a whole show the, thing. Uh, there was a lot of people who thought they were way more talented than they really were. Oh, yeah. They were just exactly. singing and doing all this. Okay. Yep. You're not the Eagles. Shut the hell up. This is not going to work. <laughs> and then after about a year of answering machines, everybody put in there, leave your name and number after the tone. Oh, is that how it works? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, oh. why do you have to do that every time? It's like they don't walk at McDonald's and say, please walk up to the counter and place your order. I get it. That's how things work. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, everybody had to, after the tone, beep. Oh, there was a tone. A miracle. Apparently yeah. that <laughs> touched a nerve for John. John didn't like that at all. <laughs> it was, it was I didn't ridiculous. mind as much, but apparently John. I was really yeah. upset by that. He has that. a deep hatred of that. He apparently <laughs> struck a nerve. <laughs> it's my repulsion to instructions that I throw away every time. I don't want you to give me instructions every time I call your answering machine. I get it. Do either one of you guys have a favorite humorous message that you remember hearing or that you did yourself? I, well, I, I did a bunch of them, but I don't think they were ever that humorous. They just were to me. <laughs> I, I mentioned I hated to leave your name and number after the tone, and I used to have one that just said, Hey, I'm not home. You know what to do and when to do it. And that mm. was my whole message. That was trying to be cool, right? Trying to be cool. Yeah, I'm that, just, that's I'm, I'm not, too, that's not, I way don't too care cool. message. That's I'm too yeah, good right. for your message. That's a pure Gen X answering machine message right yeah. there. That's a what the whatever <laughs> of outgoing whatever. messages. Oh, actually, one I yep. remember that was really funny is like it starts off and says, "You know what I hate about answering machine messages? They go on and on, waste your time. I mean, really, all they need to say is we aren't in leave a message. That's why I've decided to keep my message simple and short. <laughs> and I just keep going. You're a caller, then you will never have to suffer through." Another long answer as long as you call me. I mean, was, oh <laughs> gosh. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous kind of stuff like that. Like that, that's the kind of thing I was railing against. <laughs> wasted my time. But they're making fun of it at least. You no, know? but you were railing specifically against the word tone. Leave a message after the tone. You that that set you off. I'm we're they don't know this. We're watching video of each other right now. Yeah. John just turned three shades of jelly bean red whenever he started talking about that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, who's going like a little bit of a rant. <laughs> <laughs> I earned it. Oh, man. What about the uh, messages like, um, if you want to talk to this person, push blank on your phone now. Mm. You know, you want to talk to that person, touch blank on you. Remember, I mean, that kind of goes into those digital mailboxes. Mm-hmm. But they would they would do them as fake outs. They were fakes, right? Yeah. They were kidding, right? And yeah. They, they would get funnier. You know, to talk to this person, press one. To talk to that person, press two. If you'd like the winning lottery numbers, press three. If you're like, like, wait a minute, you're, I'm wasting my time again with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always like the ones that were short to, to help John here. It was like, hi, I'm probably home. Just avoiding someone I don't like. Leave you a message. If I don't call you back, it's you. you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Now, see, truth in advertising. I like that kind. That's good. Because they were using it to screen calls. We knew and it was true. Yeah. Man. Yep. If I don't pick up, it's because you're the one I don't want to talk to. <laughs> or maybe your roommate deleted the message and that's why I didn't call you back. Right, George? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that did happen. It wasn't part of my outgoing message, but that did happen. Well, remember back in day two, because before answer machines, for sales calls, you had to take them, right? Because you had no idea. Sure. I mean, we didn't have the proliferation of your car's warranties expired yeah. bot calls <laughs> okay. that we have now. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Yeah, you did get those calls and wasn't just sales calls too. Like some of us maybe were a little behind on our electric bill and you were worried yeah. about the electric company. You didn't want to talk to them. Yeah, don't take that call. We don't want to hear from them. And that answering machine, I started, if I was behind in bills a month, I just unplugged my answering machine. I just didn't use it. <laughs> I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, I just don't want to know. La, 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 we did have telemarketers, <laughs> and, and I know that often I would hear answering machine messages like, hello, we're not home right now. I can take your message, but I, we don't need siding or windows or hot tub or carpets or take our photos <laughs> or anything like that. Right? They would just go ahead and tell them, don't bother leaving a message. So you probably should have been one that, hey, I don't have any money. I'm not going to have money until next week. Right. Don't bother asking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one that always annoyed me that I actually am guilty of doing was the ones where like, people get their kids to do their messages for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know I did Because well, they're so sweet. They're so they're darling. They're so nice. Da, da, da. I, but I heard one that was just really funny. It was, it was their kids. And they're like, mommy and daddy can't come to the phone right now. They're all tied up. As soon as they buy me a bike, I'm going to go and tie them. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> 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 See, that's that crazy scripted like you think you're a movie producer. Yeah, this is yeah. just an answer machine message. Cut it, it out. It took five takes to get that right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with a kid. Yeah. Man. I mean, answering messages outgoing or incoming, they were the heart of that machine. That was the whole point of having it. And yeah. I know that it irked John to no end for people to be creative <laughs> or long-winded or tell them about a touchstone that they needed to wait for. But yeah, I'm sure I was guilty. I too. think they were still a valuable part of that experience. Yeah. I think it was that individualism because everybody had answer machines, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted their machine to sound like everybody else's. Yeah. That, it yeah, was I get customizing that. your car. Right. It was. Yeah. Yep. Pimp my yep. phone. Exactly what you're doing. You know, I, 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 I want rims and I want uh, I want the underglow for my answering machine. I want you to call and go, oh, that guy is interesting and clever, but a, a clever answer machine message is not a substitute for a personality. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> so John's like, you could do that as long as you keep it 20 words or less. <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.
Crazy Calls presents the new generation. Seven brand new messages for your answering machine. I will call when I take a siesta. How could I call if you don't leave your name? Only $14.95. Your name and number when you hear that sound. Well, I may be gone, but my phone is on. Crazy Calls, the new generation. Let's just cut to the chase here. Mo, George, I want to ask you, when is the last time you remember leaving a voicemail on someone's home landline answering oh machine. Oh, my God. No? Gee, it, you think about it, George. <laughs> wow. Uh, 94? Maybe? Yeah. 95? Something like I mean, that? It's, it's, yeah, it's got to be like 20-something years at least, right? I mean, yeah. I can't remember. I mean, it's been so long. I mean, because yep. when you call the home phones now, remember there was a period between answering machines and cell phones. There was a period where the phone companies themselves provided electronic voicemail. So That's they started true. with voicemail. Yeah. That's right, right. right. So voicemail kicked in in the 90s, mm -hmm. right you are. That's why I'm thinking maybe 93, 94, probably yeah. Yeah. on a machine. Wow. That's probably the first death knell for poor little answering machines. Yeah. yeah. And then they added call waiting. And so there was uh, even less yeah. reason to leave a message. Yep, because the phone wasn't big busy and it would just ring and ring and ring. Mm -hmm. There's another anti-social piece of technology, the call waiting. I'm talking to my friend. I'm talking to my friend. Beep. Wait, someone more important. I have to got to go. No, just leave a voice message. Yeah. But then, then you didn't have to leave a message because they would hop over at least and go, oh, hey, I'm on the phone with Mo. Okay, I'll talk to call you back later and go to George. And you wouldn't even have to do that because the busy signal started to go away. Oh my God. When was the last time you heard a busy signal? <laughs> You've probably spoken to someone recently who heard a busy signal and didn't know what it was. Yeah. Right? Like, what's yeah. that noise? Like, oh, Oh my God. Nothing's ever busy. It's going to go to it in digital voicemail or it's going to go yeah. to the caller. Yeah. Also, caller ID, when that came around, that also sure. lowered the need to leave messages because now you know who it was, right? Yeah, I can see. If you, you didn't leave a message, I can see you called. Right. I can call you back because well, it's in the history, Caller ID right? along with star 69. Those oh, two yes. features. Call you right back. Call yep. you right yeah. back. Mm -hmm. Especially, I remember specifically like checking star 69 and people were like, oh, I, I missed out. It was like, you could tell they didn't want you to know it was them that called you or something like that. <laughs> I'm not desperate or anything. <laughs> right. Can I block it? Can I star 69 it? All these different things. So you had voicemail came out. It started like 82 or so maybe, but yeah. it really wasn't wow. a big deal with, with all the bells until maybe the late 80s, early 90s, like you said, George. And then cell phones started to come along. You know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, Mo and I were at lunch the other day talking about this backtrack coming up. And he's like, do you even have a landline anymore? Because I think you don't. Uh, George, you have a landline at all? I in do your not, no. Yeah. 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 A lot of people don't at all. It's all just on your cell phone. And then when you get to the cell phone, most of the time you're going to text probably. You know, you yeah. start with a text and that's basically the message. Why would you bother to call now if you've already left the message in text? There's less and less reason for me to have to say, well, first, less reason to miss you because we're tethered to this thing in our pocket, so you're not going to miss me. And if you do, there's less reason to have to go, hey, you missed my call. Please call me back between the hours of this and this. That just doesn't, it's like society has changed such with the technology yeah. that, yeah. I, I have kids and the first thing when I leave them a voicemail on their phone, which half the time I can't because their voicemails are full up from the first time anybody ever left a message and they never got them. <laughs> they never checked it. How do I, I check they, this? Yeah. They say the same, why are you leaving a voicemail? Just send me a text. Nobody leaves voicemails anymore. I'm like, listen, bitch, I pay for this line. You better damn well <laughs> check do. your voicemails. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's just terrible. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. It's like something that I think is lost in text is that nuance of hearing a voice. Of course. And what you can express yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Like you say, like you can say, hey, call me right back. But that's not different. Your voicemail is like, call me right back. You know, or, <laughs> or you better call me right back. <laughs> yeah. Or you're trying to be nice and pleasant. Like there's a difference between yeah. call me when you can versus, hey, call me when you can. You know, it's, right. it, there's a friendliness that's lost yep. there. And I'm not grumpy old get off my lawn kind of thing, but we've talked about this over and over with different technologies that have evolved. Convenience comes at a cost, and some of that cost is the personal interaction, that personal yep. touch. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, look at how many emojis have come up to try to express all these different feelings. <laughs> to try yeah, to because, compensate for that. Right. Because fonts don't express emotion. That's right. I have that yeah. all the time at work. I'll send somebody an email or a text at work, and then when I get to talk to them later on, they think I was mad about something. I'm right. like, no, mm-hmm. where did you get that from? Well, I read it this way. And I'm like, that's not how I typed it, but okay. That's how it happens. Yeah, it winds up being longer sometimes because you're sitting like, hey, call me back. Not an emergency or anything. You know, I mean, because <laughs> you, know, you want them to know that right. it's not. So you know, right. Right. Where if they heard me, they'd be like, okay, I know it's not, I can tell by his tone it's not an emergency. So, yeah. but like you said, John, I think that was a good way of putting it that, you know, it comes at a cost and there's some convenience that we never had before. Yep. I can't remember the last time I owned a physical answering machine anymore. Yeah. I can't remember when I last sold my last answering machine. It's been probably 20 plus years since I had yep. an answering machine. And it used to be you couldn't live without it. It's like the TV yep. guide. You had to have it, right? So, <laughs> do you guys remember when you first got an answering machine? You got your first one? I, I remember it was, it was me and my brothers at the time and we got that in and we thought we were the shit. Let me tell you, you know, we have an answering <laughs> machine. Now we're going to never miss those calls and you come home, it's like one message. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember I had family, usually like grandparents, and the only messages I ever got from them was, I don't like talking to these things. Click. That was it. <laughs> Imagine Eddie here is an AT&T digital answering system. Beep. Monday, 9 a.m. And Fred is your traditional answering machine. Beep. With AT&T digital technology, you can retrieve any of Eddie's messages instantly. With Fred, well... Don't rush me. The incredibly dependable AT&T digital answering system 1710 from Kmart has no tapes to break, many easy-to-use features, and is just $69.97. So get to Kmart now, because suddenly, you can make things a lot easier. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap it up for this backtrack <laughs> on answering machines. They're having a great deal of uh, laughter at my expense here in the break. That that's okay. Before we leave, <laughs> we always like to take a moment here to give our gratitude to the folks who support us financially, whether it's over on YouTube via membership or over on Patreon. And I'm going to start with these patrons. They include Chad, Lee, Levi, Jonathan H, T2, Ben, Agile, Marcus, Travis, Tony R, Shelby, Tony G, Butter Spider, Greg Z, Matt, Aaron's, Chris, Slowmo, Stu Monkey, Miss So, Chet, Mike C. Ooh, 
Uno Clay Davis, Jason Arlem, Dana Sean, Mark Chewbacca, Dan, Thomas, David, Greg, L, and Blast It or Stash It. And those folks over on YouTube include Aaron, Doc, Mike M, Mike C, T2, Marcus Blast and Stash, and Miss So Chewbacca, Mike B, and Pale Blue. Woohoo! What a roster of folks, some in both categories. If you would like to join these folks in supporting us financially, supporting what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and the website, Mo, would you let the fourth listeners know how they can get that done? Oh, absolutely. So if you want to become a patron of the show, all you got to do is go to genixgrownup.com slash Patreon. And then we have all sorts of different levels. The more you give, then we have like all sorts of great giveaways. We have additional content that you have. We have some swag that we give away. And also we have a new way of joining, which is through YouTube. Mm-hmm. So YouTube membership. So right on any of our videos, there's a button right there. You just click it and you become a YouTube member. That way mm-hmm. every month, you just give us a little bit and helps keep fueling the tanks and just keeps us doing what we're doing. Right, you are? Yeah, you get little badges and custom emojis. Yeah. And all, anything we can do to thank you for supporting us, we do everything that we can in there. We sure appreciate you. That is going to wrap it up for this one. We'll be back in two weeks with a new backtrack. Next week is a regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Freaking out on my wife, and I'm like, fucking everything at once. I need a new roof here, and buying a house there, and car problems here, and power fuck. And she's like, is there a problem? <laughs> something I should There's know. multiple problems. <laughs> Did you not Have just you not- hear me? Exactly. <laughs> Are you not paying attention? <laughs> I just enumerated them very clearly. <sighs> In five, four, three. Let's just cut. <clears throat> I'm just puberty. No, is- <clears throat> three, two. Hey there, you've reached Gen X Grown Up. I'm sorry we're not available to take your call right now, but we're just wrapping up this backtrack on answering machines. <laughs> Maybe I won't use that. It didn't go anywhere. Okay. Remember what you said before about everyone thinks they're clever on answering machines? Yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Okay. <sighs> Outro in five, four, three. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.